shall we? We're in a series on the apostolic dimensions of the fivefold ministry. Some of you are apostolic, some of you are not. That's not your DNA within the Jesus fivefold DNA, but you resonate in some aspect with it. These are principles that you can apply, but it's also principles you can learn and look towards others for. And so this morning, I want to speak to you in our second of the series on foundations. Key word in apostolic studies is kingdom. Kingdom. The apostle always considers the whole. The mind of the apostle and that which is apostolic is always looking at the big picture. And when you talk to Christians who have an apostolic understanding and sense of things, they always talk about kingdom, a kingdom mindset. That uh, the apostolic life is bigger than you. It's bigger than your church. It's bigger than your denomination. It's bigger than your ethnicity and your country and Western or Eastern Christianity. It's about the kingdom of God in total. And so apostolic thinking is always considering kingdom. When you meet with other pastors and you meet with other Christians, you're thinking what is best for the kingdom. Not for yourself, and not for your denomination, and not for your particular group, or ethnicity, or anything else. The apostle doesn't divide the kingdom into quadrants and ideologies and thoughts. He's always considering the whole of the kingdom. And I love getting together with other pastors that are apostolic because it's not about growing their church or my church, it's about growing the kingdom. And this is where we have to have an apostolic mindset. You and I are in the process of building the kingdom. And so Jesus tells us that this kingdom is going to grow. He uses two parables in Matthew 13, verses 31 and 32, and he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, very, very small seed planted, sown in a field, and it grows into a tree, and that tree fills the earth, and all the birds of the air fly and flock to it. And so the kingdom is to increase. Apostolic thinking is always about the increase of the kingdom, increase of the kingdom. We don't jeopardize the kingdom. We don't minimize the kingdom for other self-reasons or purposes. But it's always to grow kingdom. The second parable is as leaven in bread, that a woman put leaven in a bread and mixed it and kneaded bread and worked it till it leavened the whole lump to give rise to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So our apostolic consideration is always to exalt the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Kingdom means the king's dominion, the king's domain. And this earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Amen? And so our viewpoint and our consideration at all times is the kingdom of God. I don't feel like doing this. It's not about your feeling. It's about the kingdom of God. Amen? Our behavior, our activity, everything is unto the kingdom. Don't you want to serve something greater than you? Jesus isn't serving you. He's ruling as king of a kingdom. When he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven, he ascended to a throne and he sits on that throne. And he is king in session, ruling over his kingdom. And our task is to continue to expand that kingdom, one soul at a time, or as many as we can reach. Apple, apostles care about kingdom dynamics and strategies. And so a key strategy to kingdom building 
is foundations. Apostles always want to make sure they have strong foundations. I'll never forget in 1995, we sent our first team to South Africa to John and Nancy Hudson. It was uh, after uh, apartheid had ended there and we started sending teams over to South Africa working in portions of that area and we asked them, we want to start sending teams, we want to prepare missions, what do we do? And John Hudson uh, gave us this one word that stuck with us as a church. He said, whatever you do, he said, you build slow and you build strong foundations. Build your foundations. That was apostolic. And this is true of building anything for Jesus. You've got to build a solid foundation. Amen? And how many of you know that takes time? And sometimes we don't like to take the time to build foundations. I remember as a young boy, I used to follow my father around when he would do chores around the house and build things, and I thought he worked way too slow. (laughs) He would measure twice and cut once. Why take that second time? Just cut the board. He would clean up in between work. I thought, this man is way too slow for me. When he was done, he'd put his tools away, all this kind of stuff. Now that I'm older, I see the wisdom in slowing down and getting it right and building good foundations and taking your measurements and and going slow before you mess anything up. I've gotten so used to developing a technology that it's the second time I get it right. Sometimes you can't afford that with people's lives. We've got to take a time and build foundations. That's apostolic thinking, kingdom thinking, and building foundations. And so Jesus, in fact, said this about building foundations. Did you never read in the Scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? This became the chief cornerstone. This came about from the Lord, and it is marvelous in our eyes. The key to a good foundation is its cornerstone, the measurements. And Jesus is relating to the Old Testament Scripture about Himself. Peter, in fact, as well, makes reference from Isaiah and says, See, I lay in Zion a stone, a chosen stone, a precious cornerstone. The one who believes in Him shall not be put to shame. To you who believe, then, this stone is precious. But to those who don't believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. That's Jesus, the cornerstone. So if we, as apostles and apostolic thinking, you have to line everything up with Jesus. We are a Jesus people. Apostolic thinking always goes back to Jesus. It aligns with the cross. You don't diminish the cross. You don't get rid of the cross. Everything goes back to the cross. Everything is measured by Jesus Christ and His righteousness. Amen? And so the apostolic never strays from that there's new moves of god there's different teachings there's different ideas there's this is the new hot thing this is the new great thing but the apostle always reviews the teaching and reviews what's being said to wonder does it point to jesus christ that's kingdom folks that's gospel You can pick up the top 10 selling books for Christians and go to the newsstand and go to the Christian bookstore, though you can't find many left. And as you go and look, you look through these books, 
An apostle will look for one thing. Is Jesus exalted? Is Jesus exalted? I don't care if you've had a bad day and you can have a better day. Is Jesus exalted? Does it go back to the cornerstone? Because if we move off that foundation, that's why God says in the Old Testament He hates anybody moving boundary stones or having unequal measures and weights. There's one weight that tips every scale. It's the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. There's one work by which all other works are built on. In fact, let me quote to you Paul, who says, For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid in Christ Jesus. The apostles built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And so if a church must be built on the foundation and the cornerstone of Jesus. If it's not, it becomes a social club. It's a gathering of people, religious people. And it says, as Peter quoted from that Old Testament Scripture, Jesus becomes a stumbling block to many people. In the book of Romans, the word for stumbling block, is it's the Greek, it's scandalon. We get the word scandal. Jesus is a scandal. It's a rock of offense. How many of you have offended somebody by your Christianity? We're offending this nation by being strong and the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. Everything must line up. You know, when you build a building, you measure it out, you put the foundations, but there's got to be a point of reference. Now, how do you get a point of reference? I used to, I used to do clay modeling for GM for a number of years, and uh, we would have to find what, what, what was the true space, you know, what's north, what's south, what's, where are we at, and what is parallel, what is... Uh, equal and and so if you're going to build something in space you got to get the dimensions right so you have to have a true line how do you find that in space how do you find that in life it's Jesus Christ he set the cornerstone for all measurements you can't build anything for the kingdom now get this you can build your own kingdom you can build your own religion you can build clubs and groups that meet together But you can't build anything in the kingdom of God unless it's a measuring line with Jesus Christ, the cornerstone. Amen? Amen. Apostolic thinking is always based on that. And it always aligns with Jesus. In fact, that stone, Jesus gave a parable. He said, it's like a man who, who built a house on a rock. If you listen to my words, you're building on a rock. If you're not obeying my words, you're building on shifting sand. And when the storms of life come, it will be destroyed. He is that rock. He's the rock that Peter confessed. Who do men say that I am? You're Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Yes, little stone. And upon that rock, your confession, I'll build my church. The foundation is Jesus Messiah, Son of the living God. There it is, the cornerstone. Proven and demonstrated His love at the cross. Proven that He's the Son of God in the resurrection, Romans 1 tells us. And He ascended to sit on the throne of God. Now, anybody who's sent by the Lord Jesus to accomplish the purposes of the kingdom and to build foundations must build on the fact That is Jesus Messiah, Son of the living God. No other name under heaven by which men can be saved. Our only salvation. Amen? Amen. How many of you want to be apostolic in that sense? Amen. There's no other way. And so we look for that. That's the cornerstone. The foundation that we're building is Jesus. And Paul labored till he saw Christ formed in us.
And that's what he talked about. And so what the apostolic is, is an opportunity to become a master builder. That's what Peter did. He knew the, he knew the, uh, the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. This is what Paul did. This is what the apostles did. We went through that last week in the different divisions of apostles. And now through the ascension gifts of the fivefold ministry in Ephesians 4.11, you have apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Those are the sent ones to build the kingdom of God in this earth, right? Go into all the earth and teach and disciple all nations to obey whom? All that Jesus taught them, the foundation stone. And so we're to become master builders. And so a master builder is, first of all, concerned about the foundations in people's lives. How's your foundation? If you're going to work on somebody else's foundation, you're going to teach other people how to build, how's your foundation? We need to evaluate. Are we in alignment with the cornerstone, Jesus Christ? Are we serving the kingdom instead of serving ourselves? It's easy, so easy to serve the project, to serve the, the purpose of, of what we're trying to do just in the now instead of the bigger picture. And so evaluate what you're doing. Psalm 11 verse 3 says this, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? We see this with Israel over and over and in Jerusalem. What happens when its foundations are destroyed? They turn from the Lord. If we turn from the Lord, our foundations are going to be destroyed. The foundations of this country were founded on biblical principles, a Judeo-Christian ethic and biblical principles. But those foundations are being destroyed. People want to stray from them, even though they're carved in the stone of all the monuments around this nation, and they're in our legal documents of the history of this nation. We have them there, but the, the, the laws and the move of the age right now is trying to divert from those principles. And so an apostolic church needs to rise up and say, no, the foundations are this and such. This is what will make a nation great. So great is the nation whose God is Jehovah or Yahweh. And that's what we claim. So we've got to call this nation back to the foundations and the founding documents built on the Word of God. We've got to call the church back to this founding document, the Word of God, which is Jesus, the life and the Word. And so if you will, please turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And we're going to see how Paul became a master builder. For the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul the Apostle is talking about our lives in an apostolic way of building foundations. So as we turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting at verse 10, he says this. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. So he goes on, let me just finish with 11. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. So Paul says, I'm a master builder. 
for the kingdom of God. I laid a foundation. There's only one foundation you can lay in the kingdom of God. It's Jesus Christ. Peter said it. Thou art the Messiah, son of the living God. All right, there's my foundation, Paul said. I built it. That's what apostles do. We lay foundations in Christ, and then they move on. And he said, someone else is building on it. Anybody building on that foundation, be careful how you build. And so that comes to us, you and I. We've built this church on the foundations of Jesus Christ. You're attending. You're building your faith on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Take a check, check. We used to... Guide left, guide right. I used to be in high school, I was in a marching band. And so as you're marching, it seems, I've watched a lot of marching bands lately, they don't seem to care anymore about this, but uh, they were just always on us. When we were marching, we always, you'd hear that, that sound from the person on the end, guide left, guide left, guide right. What that meant is, look at where you're at. Are you in step with those in line with you, to the right, to the left? In front of you, how's your lines? How are your lines? We used to be in competitions. You could get marked down if you were out of line. Some of you are out of line. Guide left. Guide right. What are we checking? The plumb line. Are we building on this foundation correctly? Now the church is a, is a building Peter says that you are living stones being built on the building. What's the foundation? Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, laid down by the apostles. We saw this last week. Those 12 foundations are the apostles of the Lord. And now that we're building, we're the living stones that are building up. We're not a pile of rocks. We don't just gather. We assemble. There's a difference. You assemble into your positions. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, rise up, take your positions, guide left, guide right. Are we in order? Oh man, you're just, you know, I'm just free to do what I want. You're just really pushing it. Come on, people. It's about time the church began to move in order and move with the authorities that are set in place and move as one unit. Amen? And so that's what Paul's talking about, getting in line. And so this, this caused a lot of trouble because all of a sudden Paul's preaching and Gentiles are being saved. How do you add Gentiles to a foundation that's Jewish? Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. Now you got Gentiles coming in. They eat pork. They have blood pudding. They come, they used to worship idols. What are we going to do with these people? It was a real concern, but they were getting filled with the Spirit. They were getting saved. Now, how do you add that to this foundation? And they had to ask themselves, and they went to the Jerusalem council. And when they went to the Jerusalem council, it's James stood up in Acts chapter 15, and he said this, after this, I will return and I will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. He starts quoting Amos chapter 9 after he hears Paul and Peter talking about Gentiles getting saved, adding to the foundation of the church. And the Spirit of God moves on James and he says, oh, Ah, this is Amos chapter 9, the prophecy of what God's going to do. And he reads Amos 9, he says, the Lord says, After this I will return and I will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. What is this tabernacle of David? I'll tell you in a minute. He says, I'll rebuild its ruins, or in other words, repair its breaches. 
uh, the holes in it, and I'll restore it and raise up its ruins, uh, uh, that the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord, and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known from of old." They were, uh, they were pleased to realize this is prophetic. What the kingdom is doing is repairing the tent and tabernacle of David so that all nations could come now. What the, what the Jews had done in preaching this gospel of salvation where they failed and had holes in it and breaches in it and it had fallen down, Christ came and repaired. So what is this tabernacle of David? It's, it's when David decided to take the Ark of the Covenant out of the tabernacle of Moses, which was covered by the veil and only the high priest could see. David took that Ark of the Covenant out and he brought it to Jerusalem. He left the tabernacle back in, into, uh, I think it's, uh, I forget where it is, Gibeah. Think Gibeah. And he brought just the Ark of the Covenant. They could still do the sacrifices there in Gibeah, but he brought the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, built a tent around it, and now the Ark of the Covenant was in plain sight for all people to see. Can you imagine the presence of God available to all? That's the Ark, the tabernacle of David. And for 33 years, David had exposed the presence of God for all to worship and testify to his goodness. It was a period of time where no one was struck down for seeing the very glory of God and the mercy seat of God. How could this be a dispensation where the glory of God was witnessed by all? And David raised up the kingdom to such glory through the power of God. It all collapsed, but that's what the prophecy was. I'm going to rebuild the tabernacle of David so the presence of God would draw in all nations and all people. That's a prophecy of this age, isn't it? For 2,000 years, we've been in that time where the presence of God is available to whosoever will call upon the name of Jesus. The presence of God is available and the, the holes, the, uh, the breaches between nations and the breaches between God and man are being mended and reunited. And that's what the apostle cares about. Laying the foundations, restoring the tabernacle, and bringing this message to the nations. And building and restoring the tent. Restoring kingdom. And that's what Paul was all about. Now, this reminds me completely of the Nehemiah story who rebuilt the walls because they had breaches in them. Nehemiah was an apostle. When he heard the news of what was going on in Jerusalem, he wept. And God sent him on assignment to get this thing. He was in Babylon. And the king sent him. God sent him to rebuild the fallen breaches and the broken walls and to rebuild that city of God. And he did it was glorious. But one of the things that Nehemiah had to do, it's one of my favorite portions of Scripture. I don't know what it is. God gave me a vision on this one night in studies. But I remember he showed up, told everybody what the plan was, but before he made it known, he spent the night on his horse. He, He went through the city, around the city in the dark, looking at the walls, reviewing the walls, taking note as to where the breaches was, what was wrong. That's apostolic. 
You take account, you take inventory of the foundations. You can tell when something's amiss. You know that this needs repair. This needs attention. Something's not right here. We're going to have to make a change. And then you have to be the one to rally people. Call them into the foundations to do the work and to rebuild and to restore. That's what Nehemiah did, and he did it gloriously. And he brought the walls back, and he restored Jerusalem. The only problem was he couldn't get into people's hearts. And they strayed once again. We've got to build this kingdom, brothers and sisters. So how are we going to do this? In this nation, let's start here. How are we going to rebuild and repair the walls? We see the breaches. We see what's wrong. God's on the move. God is doing this work. That's why earlier, uh, last year, we shared with you the concept of the seven mountain mandate. When you consider any society, any culture, they are made up of these seven mountains. A couple apostles of the church a number of years ago, Bill Bright, and Lauren Cunningham separately had visions from the Lord about seven spheres of influence, the seven mountain strategy. And they realized as God was giving them strategies to win the culture back, to secure and restore the breaches, realized that there are seven main influencers in any culture, the arts, business, education, family, government, media, and religion. Now, We're not trying to make every one of those Christian. We're trying to get Christians to influence every area. Amen? Amen. There's a difference between being the leaven and demanding others to serve. Leaven begins to influence. We're to make disciples. We're to teach. We're to instruct We don't force and we don't enslave people to our religion. But we begin to occupy and we begin to bring the kingdom. And it's the same for your job at work. (coughs) Your goal isn't to make your company a Christian company. Your goal is to make the people who work for that company Christians. Do you see the difference? There's a major difference. It's the difference between dominionism this idea that we're going to force people in the government to be Christian as opposed to influence and occupy these places and bring the influence and build the foundation of Jesus Christ. So when you go to work tomorrow, your goal is to begin to leaven that community with the foundational principles of Jesus Christ. Now, I like what uh, Napoleon said. He, of course wasn't all that successful in all his battles, but I like what he said. The objective of warfare is victory, but the objective of victory is occupation. What does that mean? <coughs> the objective of fighting any battle is that you would win, right? But once you win, if you don't begin to occupy the territory the enemy will push you back. We can see this in world history over and over, can't we? In Vietnam, North and South Korea, all these boundary lines, right? 
I forget who it was, uh, Patton wanted to finish the job and go all the way through, and uh, Eisenhower would not let him do that, and we're in the mess we're in today. He didn't occupy. It's a principle of battle. You win the war, but you've got to occupy. This is spiritual warfare. You can beat a devil up, but if you don't occupy, you can clean it. Jesus said the same thing. You can clean out the house and get the demon out, but if you don't occupy with the purpose of the kingdom, he'll return seven times worse. Occupation is key. If you lose your foothold of occupation, you're going to eventually lose the next war. Do we as Christians occupy and influence? Are we salt and light to this world? And that's apostolic thinking. That's what we've got to consider. Are the foundations of your life strong enough to occupy your cubicle at work and begin to influence those around you? Or are you being squeezed out? And so all of this are the concepts of apostolic thinking. So we've got to be master builders. We've got to have a plan. As a church, we have had a plan. We've been rolling it out for 10 years now, actually for 27 this year, to take this territory from 8 to 16 and grow spec to the lake. Going through the archives uh, at our 25th anniversary, I found a video that I had made the, the first year that we planted the church. And I, and I was shocked to see that it was the same that we've been preaching for 25 years, now 27. In 2010, I put this thrust out to you that we should plant three new churches. Why? Because apostolically, we're going to take this territory. We've built the foundation for 27 years, occupying this territory, taking Roseville, speaking into city government, speaking into the communities, to the, to the education system. We've been occupying, and now we're planting our first church in September. We've got two more by 2020 to plant. The whole idea is to flood this area with more wells of like-minded apostolic people who will build the foundations, build the foundations till I believe we're going to see an outpouring of God from 8 to 16 and Grosbeck and the Lake is going to change this community. And if it becomes a change agent here, it's the bridge between the suburbs and the city and it'll begin to infect all those who go through I-94 and 696 corridors. Amen? You with me? Strategy is being a master builder. And so you've got to go from that grand project to a smaller project of your house and your home. How are you doing in these areas? You're going to need to be apostolic about your house, about your home, about how you live. doesn't matter how many people live in your house with you. You may live alone. But the question is this. Are you ready to repair the breaches, the holes, and raise up a kingdom mindset in your own house? That means you're going to have to ride through your house like Nehemiah and review the walls. we got a lot of nail pops in our walls. I don't know about you, but uh, there are a lot of holes i got to fix. But besides the cosmetics, (laughs) figuratively speaking, how is your home? How's the foundation of your house? Would you say that you live in your home with your family with apostolic foundations that line up with Christ as cornerstone? Or is Jesus a Sunday activity? 
Maybe you're even better than that. Maybe he's a Wednesday and Sunday activity. Is he a 10-minute devotion every morning? Praise God, it's getting a little better. Or is every decision you make lining up with the cornerstone, that you've built a foundation, that the time you spend in your home and what you allow into your home and what you spend for your home and how you relate to your neighbors, all of this has to line up, guide left, guide right. Are you in line with the foundations and are you adding and building? Because I have to conclude with this. Paul said this in our text of 1 Corinthians 3.10. Remember in verse 11, he said, No other foundation can be laid but that which is of Christ Jesus. He goes on in verse 12 and he says this, Now if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each man's work will become manifest. For the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, you'll receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he'll suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only through fire. This is the judgment seat of Jesus. This is not about your salvation. You will be saved. And we'll stand before Jesus and you're in. Hallelujah. For many it'll be, that's good enough. But God said, it's not, it it, it, praise God for the grace that got you in. But what did you do with the grace I gave you? I gave you a foundation to build on. And he said, and he uses an analogy and he says that what I want you to build with is gold, silver, and precious stones. Not wood, hay, and stubble. So all of us are adding to the foundation of our faith. We're all apostolic in the fact that you have to raise up the kingdom in your own being in life. Now, are you building with gold? Gold reminds me, as Peter says, our faith is as gold tried by fire. Are you building by faith? Are you trusting God? Now, faith goes beyond your reasoning. Faith goes beyond what you can figure out. Faith says I have to stretch to go beyond. So start using faith in your life and build on that. Silver, Proverbs, Psalms says that thy word, O God, is like silver refined seven times in the earth. Are you building your foundation on the word of God? Not how you feel in your opinion. Not what you learned from some teacher on YouTube. But are you studying the word of God? Are you growing in the Word of God? And are you adding to your life on that Word? You're building a foundation, last of all, precious stones. I believe those are the promises of God. Are you building your life on the promises of God? Do you pray and call out for those promises to be manifest? Or is it wood, hay, and stubble? Where do you find wood, hay, and stubble? Above surface. Where do you find gold, silver, and precious stone? You have to mine for it. You have to work for it. What happens when you put fire on wood, hay, and stubble? Poof. What happens when you put fire to gold, silver, and precious stones? They become refined. So there'll be a day you and I are going to stand before Jesus and all that we've built apostolically in our lives, all that we've laid a foundation and built on is going to be exposed. We're going to suffer, suffer, it says, that burning, that sense of loss before God. 
Praise God you're here today. It took you faith to get here today. It took you holding on the promises of God to get here today. And you stood by the word of God. Don't forsake the assembling of together. Let's go. Hallelujah. Another jewel in your crown. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, some of these things are that simple. We think they're all big, great works that we have to go preach before thousands of people or we have to start a foundation to help the lost and the lonely. You can help the lost and the lonely in your neighborhood, at work. It could be the smallest of things. It could be writing a letter. It could be making a phone call. An act of faith is an act of faith. Some have worked up your level of an act of faith to be something extreme. For another person, a small act of faith is extreme. It all counts. And so, brothers and sisters, how are you at work How are you in your life? Are you building on the foundation with the right elements to build? Check your measurements. Check your plumb line. Check your life. And if we're going to lead, that's what an apostle does. If we're going to lead how to build a house, people are following you. They're watching you. Every one of you is being followed by somebody who needs to know Jesus. Check the measurements of your household. Look to see how your communication is. How are your actions being viewed? What's your quality and testimony? How are you spending your money? All of these things add up, as Paul says, and they're all being accounted for. So let's review. I close with this. As an apostle... We love foundations and we're building things. Look what it says as Paul tells Timothy. You're storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. He's talking about eternal life. And he's talking about that wood, hay, stubble, gold, silver, precious stones. He said every one of us is building a what? Every one of us is building a what? Every one of us is building a foundation. That's apostolic. You've got to keep it in line with the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. You've got to use the right building materials. Every one of us is building a foundation. Not only for those now around us, but you're building a foundation for eternal life. Woo! Huh? We get up there. We get tried by fire. Thank God He burns away the stuff. We don't have to remember our failures. That's one good thing, amen. (laughs) But we'll have a foundation. When we get there, we're going to stand before God and He goes, there it is, son. There's the foundation you built for eternity. Where? It's over there, Tim. Is that it? No, that's Billy Bob's. Yours is over there. That's it? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've got to have a kingdom mindset. Apostolic thinking is always thinking about that foundation. It's always thinking about kingdom. It's always thinking about elevating Jesus and Christ alone. This is gold, silver, and precious stones. This is apostolic. That's what we're here to do. That's what we're going to pursue. Let's bow our heads. Father, we love you.
And we thank You for Your goodness. Lord, will You bless, oh God, will You bless our efforts that Your kingdom would come with power and might, that we would be a people who build on the foundation of Jesus Christ, lining up with the cornerstone, our Lord, applying gold, silver, and precious stones. I would call you this morning to evaluate your foundation. It's not too late to start a new foundation. Restore what's been broken. Mend the breaches where you've had holes in your walk. Come on, let's get right. Let's begin to consider that we're master builders for the kingdom. This is a master's class. Let's be those people. Would you stand with me?